Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? This is John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Kevin and John back at it again, and we brought a friend along, a uh, co-worker of mine, Rick. Hey, Glad, to have you. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. <laughs> friends are friends, and especially in these hashtag unprecedented times, I know, this it's nice is to a, have people around. This is the <laughs> first time I haven't seen Rick in a year. Yeah, it's been it's been been that long. It's been a uh, crazy wild drive, but yeah, like John said, it's good to see uh, other people <laughs> other than my family, which I love dearly. But it's good to see others. Oh, I know exactly. My understanding is we're here to talk about an old favorite of Rick's. Roadhouse. Yeah. Rick is. Rick and me, I think, are probably the only people in the world that have listened to every episode of Six Degrees. John, I don't even think you've listened to every episode. Not every episode, no. (laughs) Not every single one. There's some of those early ones before I came on, but I, you know, I went back and re listened to some of the like Big Trouble and stuff like that. Rick has been a supporter and a friend of the show from day one, and I love that. But he knows. I think Rick knows these movies even better than I know these movies. Well, that would go to my age. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Rick's a little a hair older. You probably got to see a lot of these movies in the theaters. Absolutely. Um, it, uh, it, it's definitely different when you see it in the theater than just catching it late on TBS at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this movie was definitely a TBS staple. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit about Roadhouse. Yeah, this was, yeah, TBS was my, as so many of these movies, was my earliest exposure and I don't think that I saw this one until probably in my mid-20s, maybe getting close to 30 like I, on a DVD. Or I anything. didn't see this movie until the last couple of years, but I do remember there were commercials for this movie on TBS like constantly. That moment that the bottle breaks next to Dalton's head like yeah. off the post and he sort of just barely flinches like that movies moment is burned in my who brain. Movies. Yes, absolutely. Stable. Rick, what about you? Have you been watching this since you were younger? I've been watching this since it came out in 89. I saw it in the theaters at the mall up in Kennesaw, Georgia, where I was from. Uh, It was like a thing with us back in middle school and high school to go see these movies. Like, over the top. I loved y'all's look through at that one. (laughs) (laughs) Like a truck. Uh, Well, I saw most of that in the theater. I missed the first half of it playing a video game in the arcade. Nice. You're getting uh, a high score. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) no, me and my buddies, we'd go every Friday or Saturday night and just pick a movie and we'd go. And that was just kind of what you did because there wasn't a lot to do in Kennesaw those days. Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah, he's like, you, what about uh, Bloodsport? Theaters? D- 
did not see Bloodsport in okay. theaters. I think probably because it was, you know, probably you, a, I was a little young for that one when it came out right. with its ratings. So I remember but that's he, a staple. You were familiar with that karate game that Frank Dukes was playing. Karate like he used to play champ that one. loved that game with the two joysticks, <laughs> and you just you had the pad beside it that gave you the patterns, and you just pulled the sticks different ways to do moves. That's nuts. I, it, it's, it's a classic. <laughs> I struggle with Mortal Kombat, and that looked way more. Uh, complicated. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But it I just was a simply, Street Fighter guy. Yeah, simply two joysticks, and that that was the that was it. It's like good luck. <laughs> okay, so Roadhouse, nineteen eighty nine. Way later than I would have thought that this movie was made. Yeah, when we were first talking about doing this movie and going back and looking at it, I I would have sworn up and down that this movie had to have been made in Early. like eighty five, like first half of the eighties, right? So low budget, low yeah. rent. Directed by Rowdy Harrington. That's not a real person. That's an amazing name for this movie especially, but the only other movies he had done that I heard of was Gladiator, not the good one, <laughs> um, and Striking Distance, which I actually did like that, a Bruce Willis flick where he's yeah. like a riverboat detective. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, produced by Joel Silver. Legend. We know well. His like He was on that run, 48 Hours, Commando, Lethal Weapon, Predator, Die Hard, this... Uh, all the sequels, up. the sequels to those movies, Last Boy Scout, Demolition Man. He did The Matrix. He was doing okay. Yeah, he's like crushing it. Pretty good career there. Yeah. Written by David Lee Henry, which is apparently a pseudonym for a novelist named R. Lance Hill. Okay. He wrote some movies that, well, they all sound like this genre. The Evil That Men Do, Eight Million Ways to Die, Out for Justice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think of several of those, more than one were Bronson movies, I think, you know? I wish one had been, like, Peanuts on the Floor or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And also written by a, a lady named Hillary Hankin. I like that there was a a lady's hand in the, in the creation of this movie. <laughs> That's probably why there was so much, like, Dalton flesh on screen. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. And, and, and Sam Elliott pubes. Oh, my God. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get her out. Well, first we have to mention also Michael Kamen, who... He's not super busy in this movie, but when he when he's going, yeah. the score to this movie is kind of epic. It is. It's like it sounds like outtakes from Die Hard or Lethal Weapon for sure, which he also did. He did Last Action Heroes. I didn't know he did the Band of Brothers miniseries music. Oh, I, didn't know oh, I did not know this that. Is good awesome. Solid music. Yeah, it's, a, it's like shades of Bartok, lots of like percussion and diminished chords if you're a nerd and shit like that. So anyway, I feel like the most accomplished person on this movie. Was the director of photography? <laughs> His name, dude's named Bill Cundy. Right. He did Halloween, Escape from New York, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China. He did like all the Carpenter movies. He did Romancing the Stone, Back to oh, the Future man. One, Two, and Three. Nice Who, framed, Who framed Roger Rabbit in Jurassic Park? Dope. Wow. This dude did dra- shot Jurassic Park. That's awesome. Well, it's crazy to think about him having shot Jurassic Park and then him having shot this. And yeah. I wonder if Rowdy <laughs> went up to him. He's like, "Don't do anything special." We just wanted think, to be kind of gritty. Well, this was way before that. But yeah, yeah. Well, but no, after, this is after Back to the Future. Right. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like directors of photography have the weirdest careers because they might be on great movies and shitty ones, and like they're just sort of hired to shoot the movie, not to, you know, unless you're, I, I guess this guy was Robert Zemeckis' and John Carpenter's dude. His like go their go to, which is a good yeah, a good no, that's a sweet old two o two sweet gig in your back pocket there. Who's in this movie? Mm, I I love Patrick Swayze. 
I was, and Sam Elliott. I love Sam Elliott probably more than Swayze. I didn't grow up a Swayze guy. I only grew up watching The Outsiders and Point Break of his movies. So I I, I wasn't I watching this. I have to admit, I did see like Dirty Dancing oh, and yeah. Ghost with you know younger sister and everything. But yeah. uh, not Red the, Dawn. Re, oh yes, Red Dawn's a classic. There's a great cast there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those that's kind of the movie he fit into back then. But you hit the big ones: Outsiders, Point Break, Red Dawn. I think that kind of covers it. I, I grew up. You know, my mom she let us watch everything when we were kids. <laughs> like we, nothing was Good out of her. bounds. It seemed like Fr- like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like when we were mm-hmm. real little. But then you know, I had my older sister as well. So I remember Dirty Dancing was on all the time. We ran that VHS out. And then, but also, yeah, the, like the action movies, we also saw Ghost. Was, by the time Ghost came around, I was like, I don't care. Like, I, you know, this and some other things were I never, my Swayze movies. I never got like the sex appeal of him, but because I was only really watching Outsiders, which he's not in that much, and Point Break. I think we'll get into it a little bit, but it's like... Uh, Considering his output, like everything that Swayze did, he brought like an air of zen to it. Everything was sort of like imbued with this martial arts, like laid back, sort of understated presence. The Bodhi factor. Yeah, exactly. And it's like (laughs) the Bodhi factor sort of is in all of his roles. And I think that that maybe was the thing is that he wasn't like huge. Was he like that in Dirty Dancing? Sort of, yeah. Was he he like a... I'm super cool. He was, and, he was sort of, yeah. no, he was sort of like artsy. Like he came from, you know, uh, like a rough neighborhood. But then this guy walked into like the boys and girls club or whatever the hell it was. And was like, who wants to take dance lessons? <laughs> I think in real life, his mom was like a ballet teacher is what I'd read. Right. Like yes. that was his first thing was being a dancer. So I think he's supposed to be like a badass, but with a soft side in every movie. So we discussed on Tango and Cash, how he was supposed to have played Cash in that movie and then bailed to do Roadhouse instead. But then on researching Thank this, God. I had read that he hurt his knee doing this movie, and that's why he had to bail on Tango and Cash. So I'm not sure which one's the truth. The The filming dates of the two movies definitely would have allowed right. a person to have done both movies. But um, I'm not even sure. I don't know that the knee injury story makes sense. It would have had to have been bad to te- to keep him from doing Tango and Cash, which was like 10 months after right. this movie was finished. But maybe it was that bad. Apparently, he also was offered the lead in Predator 2 what? and had to bail on that for the same knee injury, so it went to Danny Glover, which is a weird interchange. Yeah. I mean... I love Danny Glover in that say, movie. It worked out for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Glover was awesome in that. And then, uh, well, I mean, which, which <laughs> do you prefer, Roadhouse or Tango and Cash? Well, I... Oh. They're like I feel like they're in the same universe almost. Like the they're the same <laughs> subgenre, which is just out of like completely ridiculous action movies. Yes, yeah. but the the problem with that would have been is that I really want this movie to exist in the same universe as Over the Top yes. because I want Lincoln Hawk to show up at the Double Deuce really bad. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Um, that, oh, that would be that, just an <laughs> epic battle. Yeah. You mentioned well, wait, two. Link Hawk or Link Hawks? Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my God. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, John, you mentioned Sam Elliott. Yeah. Man crush extraordinaire. Yeah, my mom was a huge, still is a huge Sam Elliott fiend, like just lusts after him and his mustache and his voice <laughs> is iconic. When I, when I was looking at his filmography, I was like, I was surprised at how few movies... Like, because he's got such an image or a, 
presence about him, but yeah, totally. the only big movies that really leaped out to me were Tombstone, Big Lebowski, and then like I remember him in Gettysburg, the yeah. uh, super yeah. duper long flick. Um, but I think he's just famous for being Sam Elliott. Yeah, <laughs> which he's, is all great. Got, yeah, he's got a look, he's got a vibe, the voice. He's got the voice. His voice the, is the crazy. voice is iconic. He's like an old ca- fucking cowboy for sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. like now uh, Jeff Bridges is stepping in and taking those type of roles too, like totally. just the old yes. old Texas boy. Yeah, agreed. It's a good fit. Who else is in this? I got Kelly Lynch played. She's credited just as Doc. Okay. Um, but we'll, I think she has a name in my notes here. Yeah. But I, I keep calling her Doc too. <laughs> yeah, she's just the Doc, but it's like a very Western thing, right? Yeah. Like that. This is, she's the Doc. Uh, she was in. Drugstore Cowboy, the same year this came out, which I don't know that I've ever seen. I don't think she's I apparently either. also in Cocktail, which she, I also don't think I've ever seen. She oh, was she was Flanagan's wife. That's right. Yes, Brian Brown's wife in that movie. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Is it? Is it's, it? It's she, watchable. Is, is yeah. it awesomely bad? Because mm, it's actually it's not terrible. No. What do you think? Rick? What it's it's okay. Yeah. It's it's decent, but uh, she's got a big part at the end when. Uh, you know, Flanagan oh, yeah. is going off the deep end and she oh, starts man. hitting on Tom Cruise's character, yeah, which really, was bizarre. It's super, super tragic, the end of that movie. What's the she, genre? Is it a romance? Is it just a like an 80s? A good, I guess it would be a movie. romance. Yeah, because yeah. you've got the whole dynamic with Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue's characters. She's great throughout that. that. Yeah, so Elizabeth, awesome Shue, that. Elizabeth Shue's amazing in that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that it really fits into like a rom-com because it's not a comedy because it has dark elements to it. Yeah, so it's, 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 that's, that's a very interesting question. It's sort of, yeah, it's very, it's got some dark parts to it. And then Brian Brown that plays the, you know, sort of his Tom Cruise's friend uh, Flanagan in that movie is yeah. awesome. Okay. So I'll, I'll look, if I see cocktail pop up, maybe I'll. Yeah, de- de- definitely worth a view. I think. Well, okay. I rented I rented Roadhouse and watched it. And it said next up cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, ben Gazzara, anyone? Mm. I I mean I recognize him as Jackie Treehorn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Big Lebowski, yeah, Big Lebowski for sure. He did a bunch of Cassavetes movies back right. in the day. Which that's awesome. I think he's a established good wasn't he like an actor studio guy or yeah, like a method yeah. guy or whatever but this is an odd role for him just it's very saying, strange just throwing that out there yeah, he doesn't really fit as your typical bad guy it's kind of weird how he plays into he's this he's a little diminutive it has yeah. to be said yes he's over the hill he's not like a hulking presence you know like you don't buy him as ever having been a fighter he has great voice and great face but everything else is just like you watch it and you're like I wish that both voice and face were on like a more, you know, a more commanding <laughs> pres- physical presence yeah. on screen. It's a weird, just a strange casting, but maybe he just gave the best audition or they were happy to get him. He just smoked it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we got Kevin Ty? Kevin Ty? I, I, I think it's pronounced Ty. Kevin Teague? I don't know. He was in another 48 hours. Uh huh. Okay, school ties. I don't think I ever watched that. It had like a young Brendan Fraser, young yeah. Ben Affleck, maybe. Uh, Jade. Oh, with <laughs> Caruso. Caruso? Okay. <laughs> he was apparently in a bunch of episodes of Lost, and I don't remember that at all. Really? Yeah, I don't uh, remember who he was. I didn't enjoy a single one of the 87 hours. That's not true. I liked season one and about half of season two, but then every, <laughs> all the rest of it was trash. He was in Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Which we talked about. You never seen that? I've seen like three episodes and, and I liked it. It's a lot. one of the all time like great shows. It only ran one season, yeah, and then it was like too good. 
<laughs> it's one of those things. It's too, it's we too have good. To pull it. We have to pull the plug on this. <laughs> uh, Jeff Healy, the yes. guitarist. Yes. He's quasi-famous musician in his day, I mm-hmm. guess. Went blind at age one. Had, like, eye cancer, you said? Ret- retinoblastoma. Awful. But an amazing guitar player that taught himself his own style, laying the guitar in his lap, just amazing. What he is capable of doing with the guitar in his lap like that is nuts. Yeah, like it's not. I don't even think it's like traditional like lap steel technique or anything like no, that. No, he, he could he could absolutely shred. He was only twenty two when they did this movie. That's impressive. Like apparently they. Whatever, maybe it'll come up when we're talking. But like the screenwriter, I think found like just saw him playing a club in Toronto. I was like, this dude's awesome. That's I'm going to write guy. him yeah. into my script. Like, blind guitar player who plays the guitar in his lap. And we'll find this guy again and we'll cast <laughs> That's him. That's the guy. Um, and then uh, I figured there's a bunch of other, like, assorted dudes yeah. in the movie that we can hit as we reach them. Veritable host. Yes. There's no shortage of people in this movie. No, my God. <laughs> there's, there, there's characters everywhere. The, the list of stunt people on IMDb is, is a mile long. <laughs> I believe it. It's probably longer than the cast. Yeah, for uh, sure. Before we really hit the plot, I do want to mention, I've noticed as I study who's listening out there, we've had like a bunch of listens from all over the globe, which is fucking amazing, but I'm talking about the people who are listening out there. We got, if you're out there listening, if you're in Ireland, Spain, Israel, Belgium, Iran, England, Australia, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, like we see you listening Absolutely. And that, if you're a bot, we still appreciate it. You guys I, are worldwide. That's awesome. So if you out there, we love you guys. We want you to tell your friends to check it out because we're trying to like build a community. Yeah. Have a six DOS uh, listening party and let us know about it. I, mean, I think that shows how the reach of these movies is that oh, all over the world, people love the same like either... Do you hate to love the movies or do you love to hate them? It's a, it's both. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Either, yeah, way, either, either way works. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are like awesomely watchable. <laughs> so so many of them are like t- turning them on even having not seen them in years is like immediately a comfort. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it, that's exactly what it they is. They take you back to a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> Speaking of simple. Yeah. What's this movie about? Tell me, John. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you've asked. So we're gonna pick this up right from the beginning. Music strikes, and we're outside the bandstand nightclub. The place is hopping. Love the piano key sign. Yeah, I love the hot pink, like graph the the titles, the credits for the film. Yeah, yeah. You don't see a lot of pink. No. <laughs> Uh, we see a red Ferrari pull in for no other reason other than we just needed a hot car and a good-looking woman. Dude. Nothing to do with anything. Just legs. Yeah, no. The, the director said that that chick was like an Italian leg model that they brought in just for the this shot scene. shot lingers on her walking Oh, the walking shot is epic. <laughs> for someone that has nothing to do with anything to come, that's yeah. like, it, she gets a lot of screen time. Yeah, the parking lot's wet like it just rained. <laughs> Which is awesome. Wet it down, yeah. man. Uh, we see a well-dressed older man get out of a limo, sort of soaking in the scene, loving the turquoise bolo tie. You know, I love a bolo tie. <laughs> He's like as well-dressed as a man wearing a bolo tie can be. Um, Wait, my ex-mother-in-law. Yeah. She used to rock a bolo tie sometimes. That's like dope. My ex-wife would say, like, uh, extra special occasions, her mom would get a bolo tie. She wanted to wear a bolo tie to our wedding, but I think... 
she was talked into wearing a dress. That's awesome because my <laughs> uncle did wear a bolo tie to my parents' wedding. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> nice. Was it like was he wearing the western style tuxedo? No man, he was wearing the same tuxedo everyone else was wearing, except for he didn't wear the patent leather lace ups, the shoes, the tux shoes. He wore <laughs> cowboy boots. Oh hell yeah! And he wore a bolo tie. I think my dad wore gloves in the wedding. It was like that's that, fancy. like southern gentleman style. Oh yeah, that's fancy as shit. <laughs> Uh, so inside we see the house band grooving. Tell me about the house band. What do we know about them? Rick knows. The Cruzados. They were like a big deal, I think, in their day. Like they apparently had a lot of cred and were maybe Grammy nominated and stuff. They're awesome. Yeah, they, they had that place jumping. They got some good music going. The yeah. front man is this dude, Tito Lariva. Yeah. He's like, you may recognize him because he was in a shit ton of Robert Rodriguez movies. Oh, okay. He was like the front man in a house band at the Titty Twister and from Dust oh, Till Dawn. Dawn. Okay. But I remember him from Desperado as well, and I think he was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Like, when I saw him, I'm like, I know that dude. There's a lot of good, like, bands in this movie. Well, I mean, two good bands. But this band, I mean, they're killing it. They were grooving. Yeah. I feel like that's the same yeah. song they were playing in the Titty Twister, to be honest. <laughs> it might be, or almost the that's same. hit. <laughs> their greatest hit. So, yes, the well-dressed man sort of navigating his way through the crowded club, and... Do we not all sort of think at this point that he's the bad guy? Doesn't That's, he give off bad guy vibe? That would be my initial the thought. The way he's dressed, like the black on black or whatever with the bolo. Yeah, he has the look of a villain. Yeah. His Just kind of glancing side to side around the whole bar like he's scoping the place out. Yeah, we see lots of money, lots of mullets <laughs> on on both men and women. God uh, bless the perms 80s. Perms everywhere. Uh, we catch our first glimpse at that point of Dalton sort of nodding on the offbeats to this music. He's like feeling it. It's a it's a weird nod. It looked like it was he's nodding his head up instead it's, of down. He's I like don't nodding know. it up to the offbeat. So he's still like to two and four of this four four room. <laughs> and uh, and so it's but I just love it's like Swayze just like scoping the room. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> feeling the flow. Yeah. The, the sound of breaking glass gets his attention. There's some sort of disagreement going on. A uh, man knocks a woman to the floor. What was happening there? Was he like, so he put a like a, a money on the table and she right. stuck a sw little tiny switchblade in the bill and then he kicked her stool over, but was like, he trying to pay her for sex? Yeah, that's, that's sort of the vibe that I was getting. I don't, okay. I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> it's still never cool to kick a woman's stool over. No, no never. No. <laughs> uh, several bouncers jump in and immediately break up the sitch. Dalton walks over and tells the guy that it's time for him to leave. Um, the guy, like, sort of tones it down, so they let him go. Yeah. <laughs> but then he immediately pulls, like, grabs the knife, slashes Dalton's shoulder, like, to the skin, rips him open. And, yeah. And then says he always wanted to fight him. Like, I always <laughs> wanted to fight you, Dalton. It's so weird. <laughs> so the guy's a regular... We guess. He's been in there stewing. There's a lot of dudes who seem fixated on Dalton throughout this movie. Yeah, he has, a, well, he has a reputation. I think it just fits into the male bravado of the 80s. You know, if you're a regular, you see the guy there, you see him kicking everyone's ass. Yeah. Oh, but I, I can take that guy. To be the man. I'm bad enough man. to take that man. <laughs> yeah. It's so, awesome. So Dalton tells his boys outside, and mm -hmm. so they kick the dude and his friend out. The guy's ready to, to come to blows with Dalton. Dalton just kind of smirks and walks back inside mm -hmm. with this, like, wall of bouncers behind him. It's like the first indication that there's more than meets the eye to Dalton. Like, he's right. not just coming out here to brawl. Right. I wonder if that line... Do you not call the police if a dude just slashed somebody with a knife? Uh, I, I probably up to the policy of the club, but 
it might yeah, be bad for business so. to call the cops. Like yeah, maybe you don't want that's a good to. Point. That's a great point. Yes. Um, so Dalton, we see him uh, like in the back office. We guess <laughs> suturing <laughs> himself. That's the ultimate tough guy move, right? Is yeah. that like so? Is that like his kit? They're like, <laughs> there are a dozen pairs of surgical scissors in that bag. Well, he's good at this. He's Why not his he first rodeo. So many no. surgical scissors. I wonder if he there. stitches up. He might stitch up the other bouncers sometimes too. Uh, that's a good call. He needs he needs them sterile. He's good at doing it. He's doing it one handed though. He's got yeah Badass. that skill. But that's a that is a movie trope. Yeah, like Ram in First Blood. <laughs> Rambo. Yes. I feel like maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to, it happens so often. We were watching Master and Commander recently, and you had dude, like, sort of performing his own little Uh, Harrison shit. Ford and Fugitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. I feel like it has to happen somewhere in Predator, or I'm thinking, like, McLean well, picking the, the glass out it. of his foot. Predator does it. The Predator yes. does it. It shrinks Ultimate badass. Pain, yeah. It's not a thing that you don't see often in movies, so <laughs> we'll just put it that way. Yeah, so... Then the well-dressed man sort of lets himself into the back <laughs> he office. He does. He just, just saunters in. Walks right in like he owns the place. And again, just giving off bad guy vibe. He introduces yes. himself as Frank Tilgman. And he yeah. says he owns a bar outside Kansas City. It used to be nice, but now it's not. It's, <laughs> it's the kind of place they sweep up the eyeballs after closing. And I, I quote, love it. I'm like, oh, that type of place. And then he says that... Do you sweep he, eyeballs or would you, like, mop them? <laughs> That's a great question. It's sort of gelatinous, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe I think you have to sweep to get them out of the way, then mop up exactly, once over. Exactly, the juice, the goo. <laughs> so he says that he's coming to a little bit of money. What does that mean? Did someone have, die? This Illicit is weird. Activity? Did it he is, cash out on a mob deal? It's a lot of things raise questions here that we never yeah, del- delve deeper into. Very Anyway, he says... Um, he wants Dalton to come be the cooler at the Double Deuce because he needs the best. The Double Deuce, by the way, is what the name of the place is. So if we didn't already say that. Uh, Dalton says that Wade Garrett, somebody named Wade Garrett's the best, but Tilgman says Wade Garrett's getting old. We figure we got to meet Wade Garrett at some point yeah. in this movie. You don't yeah. tease that. No, there's no point <laughs> in that kind of detail. We don't <laughs> yeah. So Dalton says his terms are $5,000 up front. Plus five hundred dollars per night, cash. Plus, yeah, plus medical expenses. Rick and I just watched the movie, and we were like, "He's got to be cheating the IRS, right?" Oh, totally. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's all cash money, so there's no taxes being taken out. No I, cash. I guarantee you, he's not filled out a tax form in fifteen no. years. I Dalton knows that. how. Dalton knows how to take advantage. He, he of the knows system. how to beat the system. Yeah, he does. Um, I wonder if that price was meant to make Tilgman buck. What do you guys think? Do you think is that, that is is that an upgrade from what he's getting paid? I'm at wondering the, if it's the, the price. Stand? If it's the price that when he gets an offer, he's like, no one can match this price. So if you're gonna like, mm. here's here's what I'm asking. Which doesn't seem that outrageously high, I guess, in 2021 right. money. Yeah, maybe but it then, was a shit ton. Well, if you were making 500 a night and say you were working 250 nights a year, it's a 125,000. That's not bad. In, not in bad, but in 1989 money, money, oh, that's yeah. a lot. You're, you can afford a Ferrari or whatever you yeah, want. Absolutely. Okay. Or cool. a Nath Merthedith. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Tilgman says, okay. Dalton says he'll have total control until the job's done, and then he's going to leave. So that's the that's the understanding. It's a Western. Yeah, exactly. This is a Western. Yeah, yeah. I'm showing up until I'm done, and then I'm leaving town. Uh, Tilgman says, uh, I've got a plane ticket for you. Dalton says, I'm going to drive because flying's dangerous, which is funny because he's sewing himself up. That's like some B.A. Baracus, like some A-team shit. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't fly. <laughs> when do I Damn expect it, you? Damn it, Hannibal! Yeah. 
<laughs> I pity the fool to get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, so Toby's like, when do I expect? He's like, don't. I'll get there. Wait, now in this day, could you just, is anyone who's holding a plane ticket gets a seat on that plane? Or does it not, does it have a name on it? That's a great question. Now it's like you got to have a name and a birthday and a maybe a driver's license number Sample or whatever, a government ID and all yeah. that. Like, and it has to match to the Back letter. in that day, I just wonder if it's like anyone who's holding that piece of paper can get on that plane. That's a great question because in so many movies, just like, well, I just I just bought this ticket at the gate and here I am. We don't. It's like yeah. a bus I don't, pass. I, I, I stand to wager Tillman doesn't know Dalton's full name. The, oh, the, imagine the plane ticket just says Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Swayze. Uh, so the, it's just at that point that the bandstand's owner slash manager, Oscar, comes in to check on Dalton. Dalton says, hey, I'm leaving. It's weird, right? Bye. <laughs> it's just at a moment's notice. I, I like that as Oscar's coming in, some stranger danger is walking past him. <laughs> I mean, th- there was no argument. He's just like, great. All right, And I mean, cool. Tillman's there, Thanks but it's like, do you not say like, hey, what can I do to keep you? Who's this guy? What's going on? Yeah, here? who is this fucking guy <laughs> in the back room here? He just like here. accepts it. And then we get, the, we get the dropping of the first of many times of this line. You know, <laughs> I thought you'd be bigger. It's weird. <laughs> bigger. 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 Like a truck. It's a so, weird thing to say. It's yeah. a weird thing to say to someone, especially like they're both sort of standoffish with each other. I feel like yeah. through this whole scene. Yeah, Swayze was five ten, so he's not like a massive. No, he's not big, but he's no. also not tiny. Right. He's not Devito small. <laughs> he's not that. Stallone small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, but uh, Tillman comes off really evil with that delivery. Yeah. You know, I thought you. I mean, bigger. On my first view, I was expecting him to be the villain. Even right. at this point, yeah. watching, I'm like, oh, he's definitely the bad guy. Yeah, agreed. He's like bringing him here to, he's an evil bar owner. Yeah. <laughs> that that's Trump. that That's a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the, the, the evil mayor of town's coming to get you to clear out. And then you, it's sort of like in a, in Quigley Down Under, where you don't really know what Alan Rickman's game is. He's come to get uh, like Quigley to come like take care of the. You find out you're working for the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, you find out you're working for the yeah. bad guy. Sort sure. of, that's what I sort of anticipated this would be uh so later that night dalton pulls up to a parking deck and parts his shitbox car out front <laughs> he tosses the keys to a man sitting on the curb and tells him to keep it the 64 buick riviera this is my note for kevin that i thought you would enjoy the I man he tosses the keys to chino fats williams yeah you and i both have an affinity for iron eagle oh, that is slappy yeah, it's slappy. from iron eagle <laughs> That owns the restaurant when the, Chappie was talking. The like, voice. we got some business here. Excuse me. He's got oh, a distinctive a voice. He, he's also the dude who's driving the garbage truck in the open of Terminator. Okay. Yes, he is. Yes. Nice. Like, he just turned up as like a one-scene dude in some really yeah. iconic movies. I, I think it's the voice work. Like when Swayze throws in the keys. What I look like, you valet. His voice is <laughs> distinct. So uh, we see in the parking garage that Dalton's got a sweet 80s Mercedes, and who doesn't love an 80s Mercedes? That's a 1986 560 SEC. It's hot. I don't know. Oh. It's like a two-door. It is it is a supercar. Yeah. Amazing. He, he tears ass out of there. Um, however long it's taken for him to drive from one side of the country, we guess, to another. Where was he? Start, east Coast? Northeast? I kind of figured, The yeah. tags were New York. Okay, there oh, you go. Mercedes. There you go. Good so I'm assuming way that's to look. where the, the bandstand was. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we see Dalton rolling into Jasper and finding the double deuce, which is looking pretty <laughs> run down. Jasper itself looks like a nice enough town. Yeah, like yeah, that small little downtown. Town vibe. Yeah, 
but the deuce by comparison looks rough. I mean, it's it's run down. Dirt parking lot, railroad ties to separate the parking spaces. <laughs> um, outside, he immediately gets some shit from bikers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like they don't like his foreign car. Yeah, exactly. Mercedes. Uh, and then we are we are promptly introduced to like what kind of a place this is as a bouncer, Morgan, played by a Terry Funk, Hell literally yes. throwing yes. someone out of the bar. <laughs> don't come back, peckerhead. <laughs> uh, Terry Funk is somehow still alive. Yeah, I thought for sure Terry Funk was dead. As a wrestling fan, I don't know how the man has been through it's so many same. hardcore death matches. And same. in fact, he wrestled last I read in 2017 at the age of 73. Him and Mick Foley were <laughs> dynamic. We remember well, that's Mick Foley's mentor, so exactly. that explains that right there. We remember Terry Funk well from Over the Top. <laughs> yes. I like he Mr. Was somewhat... Cutler is talking to you. <laughs> he was kind of wasted in both movies. I feel like. Yeah. Well, and then. Yeah, come to find out, like later on in the movie, when like one of uh, Wesley's goons is facing off, like at the very end, like the climax of yeah. the film, I'm like, why is that not Terry Funk? Terry Funk, yeah. And this movie could have used more, I feel like, pro wrestlers in the cast. Yeah, like that this is just awesome. a pro wrestling type of flick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the house band's playing, led by blind frontman Cody, uh, which we see like this little smile on Dalton's face of recognition or something. Uh, the band's playing behind Chicken Wire, Blues Brothers style, which we love. People are whipping bottles at them. Um, I don't know. You guys can weigh in here. I've been around some pretty drunk people, seen some fights, picked at bars, seen people hit each other with bottles, but never been in the kind of place where there are people like getting in that kind of fight or whipping bottles no, at no. the band or anything like that. The only place I ever saw it was in the Blues Brothers. Yeah. So I wonder if it was an homage <laughs> to that scene. It's Maybe. weird. The patrons seem like they like the music, but they're also hucking the bottles at them. <laughs> this movie is full of so many like interesting people that are willing to go the distance to kill someone. <laughs> I love that one dude. He's like the drunk off his ass mulleted guy. Yeah. He's like, you're paying to play now. Play. Just throws yeah. a bottle. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so another fight breaks out at the pool tables. The bouncers are content to let them fight. One's like trying to, I guess, proposition a teenager or some <laughs> girl that looks like a teenager. Wait, hold on. What? I was wondering, how come Tillman hasn't had the bright idea of like using plastic cups? Not um, giving bottles. I don't know. That would have been. Expense? It would have taken a week know. or two to be like, Actually, you know what? save a lot of money. Yeah. All the glasses yeah. I saw glass getting broken. That's, that that's, that's true. Plastic uh, cups are cheap. Red solo cups would have gone a long way Absolutely. there. And I just like, I'm like, come on, Tillman, that's like basic. Probably because you get more drunk ass being like, I want a cold bottle. I need that cold <laughs> beer. It's nice to hold the bottle. It is. Uh, Wait, so, what about the line, Rick? You like the line when the dudes are fighting in the pool area? Oh, like, yeah. Fuck them, their brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the bouncer just, yeah, fuck them, their brothers, as he's propositioning what has uh, to be an underage that girl. girl. Yeah. I tell you, she looked good, though, and I did like Steve's line. My God, you're a put-together woman. <laughs> she there's, was. There's so, she many, was. There's so, many lines, so many lines you can back pocket for later, <laughs> just in case you need them. That's one of them. Steve Rick. is putting the full court press on that girl. Yeah, like He's got his, it's his hand on her oh, face. Yeah. I feel like he took it, her hand and moved it mm. below the table. Uh-huh. There's, in addition to this guy, there's all sorts of other untoward shit happening. <laughs> um, patrons harassing waitresses, drugs being sold, Dalton sort of taking it all in, seeing all the angles, noticing everything. Yeah. Um, and then we, there's also that one ripped-ass shirtless dude 
on the, just on the dance floor, just, just getting after it, uh, like him. And then, and then <laughs> there's then there's Denise. I love oh, Denise. She was so, a put together so woman. So, in what is it, according to her IMDb, she was 17 in this That's, movie, which has to be, be a lie. That, she's probably lying about her age later in life. Yeah, there's no way she was 17. She she For looks any number like, of reasons. I don't buy yeah, that. She looks like the quintessential barroom blonde, just 80s out. The teased hair to the sky. Yeah. She had that like Lonnie Anderson kind of hair going. Yeah, yeah, it's a good call. She was so hot, dude. And uh, she's intrigued by Dalton, but duh, who isn't? <laughs> um, she's had an amazing career. Tell us Ju- about Julie Michaels. Yes. Yeah. Um, this was probably like her biggest acting role that I think that she ever had, like in a in a big movie. But she's like reinvented herself. As a stunt woman and stunt coordinator with That's great crazy. success. She's got like tons of high profile credits. She was nominated for Emmy Awards for stunt coordination in some that's TV nuts. shows. That's awesome. First yeah. woman to be nominated for that, I read. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, like so kudos to her because she's like getting it. She's out there doing her thing. So it's at that point we see Morgan, Terry Funk, um, beats up a guy that's hitting on <laughs> Denise. And then he tells Dawn to drink or leave. What did you make of that Morgan's behavior? Is he does he have a? At first, I thought, oh, he likes Denise, and he doesn't like to see her right. liking Dalton. But we come to find out, right? Like he also is—is is he protecting <clears throat> That's her? The bosses. That's the boss's. That's the boss's. Yeah, girl. He's, boss's he's sitting property. next to Tinker there in the bar. Another one of the bad guys' henchmen. And right. I, I think it was looking out for. You know, uh, Wesley's property. Right, exactly. You like the dude's uh, style, the one who moved in on her? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I dug again. This movie is full of great lines. But like, what, let's go get nippled and nippled. That's a weird. Thing I can to do say. that without you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I also don't understand what that means. She really like, touching her boobs together? together. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Telling him if he's not, tells Don if you're not going to drink, you need to beat it. We then see. Uh, I loved uh, Morgan just throwing that dude into another table of patrons. Yeah, like crashing their table and knocking dudes over. Yeah, not trying to be careful <laughs> yeah, with the property. No. Uh, a waitress, Carrie Ann, uh, then starts chatting Dalton up, and then she's like super excited when she realizes who he is. Seems like she's kind of hitting on him at first, right? Doesn't oh, kind of yeah. yeah. I think she's uh she's she's into it. But then like when she figure out figures out who he is. Um, she's she's super excited. We guess um, Dalton's bouncer famous. Uh, Tillman enters the bar and heads to his office. I love the bit with the marker on the wall. Oh, it's classic. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. For a great fuck call to for a great Buick. That's good shit. That is, that Just was, pulls the Sharpie out, turns the F to a B. Oh, it's yeah, so, love, that's, that was nice. That's a nice touch. Uh, so as Dalton approaches the stage, it becomes apparent that the, uh, the other guys in the band know who he is because one of the guys kind of like, looks at him and smiles and says, hey. Uh-huh. And then he goes over and surprises Cody, and this is Jeff Healy, the Jeff Healy band, and says, you play pretty good for a blind white boy. Uh-huh. And then and then Healy responds. Yeah, and I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, there it is, number two. <laughs> and so, you know, okay. so, yeah, we, we gather that they know each other pretty well from the club scene, and then we hear from Cody that, yeah, that this place, the Double Deuce, is worse than wherever they worked together before in Dayton. 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 Okay, yeah. So 
Yeah, apparently word is starting to spread among the staff that Dalton's there and that he wants Rip to throw it out. <laughs> when, uh, when Hank is telling Steve about the throat thing, Hank seemed to think it was, like, amazing. That's like, so, that's so fucking cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, cool how he murdered that guy. And then we cut to one of the weirder moments in this movie, in a movie full of weird <laughs> moments. This, this dude, this drunk-ass guy telling another guy that for 20 bucks he'll let him kiss his girlfriend's boobs. I do not. I do not get it. For twenty bucks, oh. you can kiss him. Does he need the money, or does that like? Does he just like to watch? That's another theme oh. in this movie. I think he probably likes to watch. I would say so. Twenty bucks is not a lot of money. Again, nineteen eighty-nine dollars. Is that like what a forty dollars now or fifty? Probably so. Still, still, that's not <laughs> yeah. like how much. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got like a kink for that. Maybe he's also into drugs. Who knows? He needs the money bad. Uh, so the guy comes over and starts like, like. Mashing them, yes. mashing them, just mashing hands. them. Not like, not like tenderly. It's just like mercilessly squeezing them. There's no passion there. Uh, it's a stress ball. Yeah, the guy, yeah, exactly what it looks like. Yeah, like, so like when well, you got a balloon full of flour. And so the girls, the girls, dudes, like he says, "Well, are you gonna kiss him or not? Yeah, hey, buddy, you gonna kiss him or not?" And the guy says, "I can't." I ain't got 20 bucks. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a good joke that it's pays a good off. <laughs> yeah. So a huge, the first of many ballroom blitzes breaks out. I like that just instantly everyone in the bar is fighting. Yeah. Like not just these dudes, like instantly just every person drops their drink. And Women starts- are getting involved. I mean, throwing <laughs> drinks across the bar. It's amazing. There's so many people fighting, so many bottles being broken. The band's just cranking out tunes. <laughs> oh, they're just going. Just not bothering. All sorts of crazy shit was happening, like bottles getting busted over heads and like women were getting punched out. It's amazing. Yeah. And then Dalton's just kind of surveying still being zen and Tillman calls him into the office. I think Terry Funk had a dude just straight lifted above his head. Yeah, yeah. He, like, went, he, he went through the press, slammed right through <laughs> a table. Full on. Yeah, so inside Tillman's office, we see him looking at sketches of a renovated exterior of the Double Deuce. That that brawl, that's where the shot was of Dalton, where the bottle bust right yeah, next to his yeah, head, yeah. the iconic. I just remember that was in every TBS commercial yep. for this flick. It was awesome. Um, afterwards... The bar is a shit show. It's wrecked. Everyone's like battered and bruised. The dude Steve is like pissed because he's got a bruise on his face and yeah, like pretty boy Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, Morgan Terry Funk is stewing for a fight with Dalton, but Dalton's like not happy. He seems it. like he is trying to like, are you here to help? What well, are you here to help us or not? And like yeah. he's just like, I get the impression that like Morgan was the alpha. Yeah, totally here. Totally. Him or Steve, but I feel like Morgan was like the dude in charge. He also makes another diminutive crack about Dalton's size. No, did he? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Morgan walks over to Cody. This Dalton character, watch his story. I do love that. His story is you fuck with him and he'll seal your fate. That's a fucking killer line. Yeah. I wish people would say that about me. <laughs> Wait, no, what is... Uh, no one's ever said that. What does yeah. uh, Morgan say? So far he hadn't shown me shit. I'd love that. It's a good scene. Yeah. So the next day, we're at a used car lot where Dalton is there, we guess, to buy another cheap beater. <laughs> Which we don't really know what's going on here quite yet. I like, do. why does he get the cheap at? Like, why is he driving a shit box right. around in these towns? But when it'll get that Mercedes. We'll figure it out. And then later we see I him love the dealership. Time. The dealer guy, she's a runner. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Later at a tire shop, we see him stocking up on used tires, throwing them in the trunk. Th- that trunk would not close. No. 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 <laughs> okay. No. Just making sure we're all on the no. same page. <laughs> you like the car, right? I love that car. It's a 65 Buick Riviera. It had those like pimping ass headlights. The headlights I like, made the, the car. Th- these work? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he's like opened its eyes. And as we'll come to find out, he needs that in his job because of his fan club. That's right. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's genius. That's smart. So we cut to Dalton driving out to sort of an idyllic waterside farm where he's come to inquire about renting a room. That spread is beautiful. This So they filmed this in Sanger, California, which is sort of outside Fresno. It's like the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas, which is okay. beautiful, beautiful country. It looks a lot like Missouri. I think the big mansion, <laughs> yeah, right? I think the big mansion was there, and they built the farm and the barn for the film. It's beautiful. I like I like the dude. The farmer's name is Emmett, we find out momentarily. But Another like kind of Western type yeah, of name. Exactly. Yeah. Doc Emmett Brown. So the farmer, Emmett, takes Dalton up to a, a loft in the barn, which is pretty sweet. And, oh, dude, I love the setup. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the loft is excellent. badass. So while showing Dalton around, Emmett asks if Dalton, he says, are you honest? And Dalton <laughs> says yes, but Emmett's like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, oh, I that he's like, you expect me to believe that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, sir. No, sir. Yeah, so as Dalton's <laughs> checking out the room, we hear an approaching helicopter. Across the river, we see the mansion, and the chopper's like landing on the grounds. And uh-huh. inside the chopper, we get a shot of a dude who looks... Just like Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Even the hat. Yeah, he's wearing a like woven straw fedora. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the hell? So the noise spooks Emmett's horses. Um, Emmett tells Dalton in not like a fun way that that's Brad Wesley. And we get the feeling that Wesley's sort of a pain in the ass. It seems like Emmett and, and, and uh, Dalton have bonded quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. They're bonding over horses and shit. And then Dalton tells Emmett he'll take the room. Emmett says... At least 20 people have come by to see the place before, but no one wanted it because it doesn't have any amenities, which mm-hmm. I think air conditioning would probably be the deal breaker yeah. for me. Especially when you're in a barn and there's like probably horses downstairs yeah. or whatever. Which yeah. I, love, I love Emmett's line, no tolerance to the fragrance of nature. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah Emmett's, Emmett's writing is like, it feels like it's from a Western. Yes. It very much does. So that dude... His name was Sunshine Parker. Well, there's God, a Western name for God, you. that's awesome. <laughs> and he's best known for this role, but... He was in Tremors, okay. I don't, I, which I, I did don't not remember. watch much. He was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure as, like, I think he was the dude riding in the train with Pee-wee singing, like, okay. Jimmy Crackhorn and I don't care yeah, yeah. with him. But I think he just had the look, man. Yeah, he had something. He had a, <laughs> there's, there's, like, a lot, of, a lot of small talk, a lot of pseudo-wisdom from Dalton going down, like, yeah. do you like horses? If they like me. So weird. <laughs> there's a lot of wasted motion in this movie. But it's all, but it's like, it's like all that stuff. I think is supposed to position Dalton as like this. He doesn't think like the rest of us. I, I feel like this movie like is probably fifty percent filler. Like there's just shit that even it's not a long movie, but so much of the scenes just there's a lot of just talking it's that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I feel like this this whole thing could have been like one episode of the A Team though. Yeah. Or like yeah. or you know what I mean. Yeah. So Emmett tells Dalton that the room's a hundred bucks a month, which what? That's Killer. awesome. Yes. Damn that rent price. And Dalton says yes. And um, what about Wesley? He landed and left again in like thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, what was come, he doing there? He, come, he forgot something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he forgot something. Dude, a hundred bucks a month, huh? 
Yeah, that's pretty nice. That's a sweet deal. I spend that on streaming. The internet told me that a one bedroom apartment in Jasper, in the real Jasper, Missouri, today is three hundred and fifty. So a hundred bucks might have been realistic. That's awesome. Then there was this fifty bucks a month right now. I paid four like four fifty for a half an apartment in Atlanta in twenty, like two thousand four. I I guess if you do get out in the country like that, it is a noticeable drop. Yeah. Whatever, but anyway, I don't know. It's like that's it's just, a hell of a deal. It's an amazing deal. You're paying a hundred bucks and you're making five hundred a night. Yeah, and you're dude. paying a hundred for the whole month. It's like one percent. That's your true. Monthly salary. Imagine that's you're true. working twenty days a, a month or yeah. whatever. Then you yeah. make ten thousand a month. Yeah, one percent of your monthly. Yeah, that's pretty that's amazing. Salary. What's he doing with all that money? Just pocket? Is he going to retire young? Is that Dalton's plan? Probably. He's, he's saving stashing it. it. He's going to go. He's got to catch that hundred year storm. <laughs> oh shit! He's starting over again as Bodie. Yes. What will happen on Dalton's first night on the job, you guys? I don't know, man, but I love this as an opening. Yeah. to a film, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> Said all the characters were ready to roll. That's we're, right, baby. <laughs> all right, and with that, we leave you. We'll be back. Yeah.